welcome in to the Cover 5 podcast. You can find me over on Twitter at Jordan Vanek DFS. As always, I'm joined by my co-host at HiloFF. You can find him over there at that uh, tag. Hilo, are you excited for a week nine slate where there are 10 games and we have as many quarterbacks under the 5K mark on DraftKings starting as we do over the 6K mark in DraftKings. Hell yeah, I am, dude. I love slates where they just look gross. Um, I think the <laughs> the edge that we have as sickos um, increases on those slates where it's not just like plug and play. It's not just like there's a defense where you had to have them or you weren't winning anything. Uh, it becomes a lot more fundamentals and theory and, and conceptual uh, players that will succeed in those spots. So I, I love it, man. I love this slate. I do as well. This is one of those ones where it is extremely ugly. The totals are all over the place. And we took out like the main, like great teams that have hurt me all season. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, who are now taking on the Chiefs in Germany, because that's where we're going to put the two best teams in the AFC at the moment. Maybe, maybe not, maybe whatever, regardless. And then we're going to take the other two great teams in the AFC, the Bills and the Bengals, and throw them on Sunday night. So we're kind of left with these great teams. And then we have some bye weeks. And we're just sitting here watching just some of the uglier games of the entire season. <laughs> and I will say, Hilo, if you're playing that single game entry, it is cold in Germany. So you can't factor in, you know, the sun might be too hot for Miami. I, uh, I'm not letting you live down that uh, the Broncos 70 point game. But Besides that, yeah, yeah. let's get into our first one where you picked my team, the Carolina Panthers. They're taking on the Indianapolis Colts at home. Tell me what you like about this one. Yeah, this is one of those game environments where it it doesn't stand out when you're just looking at like the top level um, of what the slate is providing us. But it's the Colts. <laughs> We're just I'm just going to continue to follow the Colts until they prove uh, otherwise. Um, they're playing with pace. They're attacking downfield. Uh, this team is is fun to target for fantasy purposes. Um, the What's most interesting to me, obviously, well, not obviously, but what's most interesting to me is the fact that the Carolina Panthers have just kind of been, their defense has just been worn out as games progress this season. That has led to increased rush rates after the half um, against, and we have this situation in the Indianapolis backfield that has some levels of ambiguity. We saw Jonathan Taylor. 82 rush yards in the first quarter last week, and then basically fell off a cliff. Um, did not reach the 100-yard bonus. Saw Zach Moss handle a lot of the stuff. There was a point in the second quarter where it looked like he got hurt, took himself off the field, um, didn't play the rest of that possession, and then played like one snap on the first possession of the second half. Um, but then there was a, a, a presser after the game where he was like, no, nah, I wasn't hurt. Uh, it was just kind of flow of the game. It was like, oh. Well, what, what WTF, mate? Like, what are you doing? Um, but I don't know. So there's a lot of ambiguity there, but there's clearly, very clearly some upside. One of the first bets I made this week was a Jonathan Taylor ladder up to 110 rushing yards. Um, I think he gives the juice to provide a very, very um, elite ceiling in this spot. Whether or not, and we, we kind of, in the same sense, we've had Shane Steichen who told us up front how he was going to handle Jonathan Taylor returning to the roster. Um, he's kind of made good on that over the, in the time frame that he gave us before he went, before he came to play was four weeks. We're going to take, we're going to ramp him his activity up over four weeks. 
15% snap rate went to like 30 something went to 50% snap rate. And then last week he was at 61% snap rate. So does that continue to the 65 to 70% range? We don't know. We also know that Shane Steichen has kind of said like he was asked point, point, uh, point blank. Point. I said point break. I was like, you're, yeah, blanking. That's you're blanking on point blank. Dude. <laughs> point blank. He was asked, is Zach Moss the reason that Jonathan Taylor is not seeing 20 touches every week? And he was kind of just like, yeah, yeah, he kind of is. Uh, so we know Zach Moss is performing when he's given the opportunity, but um, on this slate in the context of we might not see very many 30 pointers put up from his fantasy perspective. I think Jonathan Taylor very clearly has paths to hitting hundred yards to catching three passes for 30 yards to scoring. And that's kind of what you need to hit 25 plus fantasy points at running back right now. Yeah, I don't mind the Taylor call at all. He has definitely made my pool. Carolina switched up a lot of their defense this past weekend, which was really strange. I mean, it was coming off a of bye week, so if you're going to do it it's at any time, it's kind of that. Uh, we went more single high, or cover one, I should say, like manning up yeah. the Houston Texans. We also showed a lot of two safeties deep pre-snap, which threw off Stroud because that is something we did not do the entire season. And at the end of the day, Stroud kept checking to these run plays because he's like, well, we got two safeties deep. <laughs> Our offense line's healthy. Like, let's just run the ball. And it got them into a lot of negative plays for them to uh, end up having to throw in obvious situations. And then for whatever reason, we kind of got the idea to bat balls down. Uh, Stroud had like six passes batted down against us. We were taking away those short yak uh, receptions that we know that Stroud loves. So, um Carolina's defense has been much improved. I actually think this is a bad spot for a guy like Josh Downs because of that. Um, Josh Downs has performed exceptionally. I know that he's on the injury report with a knee injury. I actually think the Panthers get beat out wide if it's any of the receivers. But I will say, Menchu has only been good in the dome. Out wide, like outside this year is has been really shaky for Menchu. I, that Ravens game was ugly. The Jaguars game, I don't know what team he thought he was on, but he obviously thought he was still on the Jaguars. So <laughs> I like Pittman and Pierce in this one, as well as Jonathan Taylor, but I'm not sure I really like the downs. How do you feel about Indy's pass catcher? I think um, Michael Pittman is set up in a very interesting spot. He's got there two weeks in a row uh, against man-heavy coverage, um, yep. and it's just a, a matter of the, he is very clearly this team's alpha. Um, on the other side of the game, we saw obviously with the offensive or with the offensive play caller uh, <laughs> change there. We actually saw some positives. I think that we can take away from that spot. Um, we had heavier rates of first down pass plays called. Um, we have yeah. a, a matchup against Houston where they play heavy rates of zone. Um, we Adam Thielen has been like the unquestioned guy against man coverage which makes sense for a rookie quarterback. It's his first read. He's going to just kind of look for the separation to occur and get him the football against zone. Adam Thielen's targets per route run rate dips um, like 50%. So this could be a spot, I think for some of these secondary um, Carolina pass catchers. And also we have the weird situation in the backfield. Miles Sanders was just usurped. Um, oh. <laughs> he's, no, he's, I, uh, he's done. I Yeah. Like, Chuba I, was named the starter. It's it's not only that, like he ran the wrong route. Oh, multiple times. There were two yeah. that I saw. That's what I, I watched every single snap because one, I invested a lot into CJ Shroud, which was <laughs> yeah, 
heartbreaking to say the least. Obviously, it's my favorite team, so it's kind of like we won. I'm happy that the Carolina Panthers uh, found a victory. Bryce Young getting his first win is definitely pressure off of this team to play a little bit free. But my God, was Miles Sanders just atrocious. I thought for me, again, I thought his inefficiencies were due to the injuries that he had suffered because like a shoulder, ankle, whatever. That's something he's dealt with to get just out. Like, yeah, you're not on the field. Like, he was, yeah. he is just no longer the guy. Like, Chuba Hubbard for me on DraftKings, way too cheap. The Colts run defense has been shaky in recent weeks and just kind of overall this year. And for me, another week of, again, Austin Colbert uh, coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Iki Aquanko can pass block. I don't know if you saw the uh, thread from Josh Norris about um, him. It's, it's bad. It's, he got bull. I think Bryce Young got sacked six times. If I'm not mistaken. Um, no, it was really bad. Iki Okonkwo is someone that regressed so significantly from the rookie year to year two. We installed a new offense, but we kept the offensive line coach. So I'm not sure how that transpired, but yeah. he's getting bulldozed. He's getting beat off speed. It's just pass protection wise. It's ugly, but I do agree with you that uh, I actually like Mingo this week. Cause it seems like yeah. Thomas Brown was like, Hey, these are our three receivers. That's it. I don't care. Terrace Marshall, ran five percent of the routes yeah they went heavy and they went heavy 11 personnel as well so it was a very there i think he's just trying to simplify things and he's trying to make it so his rookie quarterback is not put in long down and distance to go situations so we're seeing a lot of early down passing we're seeing a lot of quick hits um so yeah i mean i I think it's a, a positive um the change just schematically that we're seeing in in carolina right now yeah, I like the Mingo Taylor mini if you want to mini it. Like it, for me, that makes a lot of sense. I yeah. know Adam Thielen at his price, like you can't you can't question Adam Thielen because he's going to get a ton of stuff. But for me with Mingo, you saw him get the like after the catch feel to it. And it felt like Thomas Brown knows like, hey, DJ Chark, you're our guy down the field. Hey, Adam Thielen, you're our guy at all three levels. Hey, Mingo, you're our guy short. Mm-hmm. And we might try to get you down the field, but regardless, we want you to catch the ball in some space. So I think that uh, he makes a lot of sense here, actually. I don't know. How do you feel about that? No, I like that. I just got off a show actually with uh, with Rich Rebar and he kind of mentioned uh, Jonathan Mingo as a as a potential play here as well. Um, he's priced down in a range where he's going to give you leverage off of probably high ownership on a guy like Demario Douglas, who is kind of the the projectable value on this slate yep. priced only 4k with Kendrick Bourne now out. Um, so yeah, I like that. I like that play a good bit. I also no tight ends for Carolina. Um, did you see our tight end route run share? No. Hayden Hurst, 35%. Tommy Tremble, 30%. Steven Sullivan, 30 or 28%. No Ian Thomas. I think he might be hurt, but regardless, we yeah. rotated three tight ends in 11. Jesus. <laughs> it's like they're blocking. It just that they, they, we have three receivers running routes and we're trying to use a tight end to help out our offensive yeah. line. Obviously the Colts don't really have that. Do you have anything else you like that about this one? Um game environment. This could be one of those sneaky spots just based on the Colts are playing in it. <laughs> That's true. They're I mean Shane Seichen is one of the best play guards in football. I can't wait till they get him the like I wish they had AR. Like I wish he could have continued to develop yeah. that guy. Oh man, I know. I, I had he was my highest owned quarterback in best ball, which is oh. standard, standard. And this was also supposed to be the row of quarterbacks for Bryce Young because we played CJ Stroud last week. We were supposed to play yeah. Anthony Richardson this week. I think we play the Titans 
sometime soon. I, I think I could be wrong. Um, and if we do, then we'll end up, we'll play Will Levis because he actually is, should be. Yeah, we play the Titans in Week Twelve. We were supposed to play Justin Fields on uh, Thursday Night Football with DJ yeah. Moore. So like this was for me, it was really funny the way they set up the schedule because you go to the bye week and then you got to play the quarterback you got drafted over, another yeah. quarterback you got drafted over, DJ Moore who we traded <laughs> for you, yeah. and the Cowboys, which is not fun, and then. Will Levis is a, is another one, but overall, um, I do like the spot. I do like the game environment. I think I'm going to mini this game over, try to go to the one of the quarterbacks. Cause I just don't think that, uh, the ceiling is there for either. I know menchu has been performing really well. I just yeah. don't trust him outdoors. I, I like watching him outdoors versus indoors is two completely different people at this point. Um, but let's move forward going to go to the seattle seahawks taking on the baltimore ravens it was one of the games that i chose and the one thing i'll say about the ravens defense right now they are one of the best cover teams in football with how they're guessing your route combos and kind of understanding where to play it and that's kind of a big concept to understand but i believe andy benoit uh broke it down last week or two weeks ago over on the 33rdteam.com he talked about how the Ravens coverage is right now the best in football. And when you watch it, it shows up. They are guessing your routes. They are getting their guys in space. They're creating just havoc um, when you try to throw the ball. But as a result, the run defense hasn't been as good as recent weeks. And now we have Pete Carroll, who literally is coming out and just gloating about Zach Charbonnet. And obviously yeah, he had more snaps than Kenneth Walker last week for some reason after like Kenneth Walker was just the guy and Kenneth Walker didn't even run bad. That was like the weird thing about the whole situation is that like Walker didn't fail for Sharp to get like Sharp. Well, just... I, the, that game, they had their highest pass rate over expectation game of the season. So I think that might've been um, somewhat to do with that. Um, yeah. Neither of those backs and, and the, the Seattle pass game, is not going to involve the backs to begin with at a high rate, but neither yeah. of those backs are necessarily known for their pass catching chops. Um, yeah. So that was kind of weird for me as well, but I just want to throw that nugget in there. Yeah. It's just, it's a strange situation. So it's like Charbonnet is an intriguing GPP. I think he's more of a MME type of play uh, this weekend, yeah. because again, Ravens defense has not been great. This is a weird slate where, yeah, I'm considering a sub 5k running back that, who knows what Pete Carroll is going to do at the running back position with Kenneth Walker. Like this could be a week where Charbonnet gets 18 touches. And just because it's the Ravens, they get to the goal line. They got to score points to give it to him over Kenneth Walker. Don't know if that's going to be the case, but I think MME people should consider him and keep them in their pools and go slightly over the field on the perimeter. I think this is a DK Metcalf week. Um, Metcalf is just someone that can beat that style of play. Like, Oh, you know, my route. Cool. I'm DK Metcalf. I can beat you down the field. I can win in contested situations. I'm the guy to get that done. Tyler Lockett, on the other hand, I don't think he's going to thrive in this particular matchup because of that. I think he is phenomenal. He's really good at understanding everything that's coming at him. But at the same time, the Ravens feel like a team that if they're guessing your route, guessing kind of what you do, Lockett doesn't give you anything after the catch. And now he's got to get open when they kind of know what's coming. Um, that's an interesting one. And then you flip to Baltimore's at home. We've seen Lamar Jackson play in the spot against the NFC team that has a lot of great things going, that has been a really good defense this year. 
And then he killed the Detroit Lions and he threw for 300. They had no answer. Seattle Seahawks input two new defensive ends with Frank Clark. And now they traded for Leonard Williams. That's an interesting dynamic because do they know their run fits? Are they, how much are they playing? And when they rotate, is there familiarity with that defense line in general? And we also know Seattle has been a really good run defense this year. It's what they've kind of built for their team this year with Draymond Jones coming over and just the way that Bobby Wagner out there. So it's kind of like you want to throw against them. And when they've played a mobile quarterback this year, they've lived in cover three and four. They play a ton of zone. They do not go man up as much. Um, it happened with the Daniel Jones game and it happened with Josh Dobbs. Those guys aren't Lamar Jackson, but that's what team, well, that's what they have done in Lamar. When you go those two coverages, he kills you. It, yeah. It's a weird thing where you want to play these zones against Lamar because you don't, you want your eyes on the quarterback and when he escapes and all this stuff, but then you look at the matchups that Lamar struggled with. It's been man heavy teams. And it's been teams that like TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith who collapse that pocket and get after them. So if Seattle decides to play the coverages they've played all year, this is a game where Lamar Jackson can just throttle them. And the two players that do it are Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. I know that Odell, Bateman, Gus Edwards had 80 receiving yards against that Detroit Lions group. Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews are the pathway for them to be great in this matchup because i think the seahawks secondary is just much more talented at the moment <laughs> than that lions team was coming into it and i don't think the like ancillary pieces of that game will be the way to get there so for me they and our andrews have a huge target share i think it would be super intriguing to go the zay flowers mark andrews uh lamar jackson in the way you afford it is by playing zach charbonnet at the 4k range hoping maybe Lamar fumbles early on, hoping that you get a goal line or two touchdowns with Sharp because that's his pathway. And then um, you could obviously bring DK Metcalf if you just want a full-on game environment. Um, But overall, I love this game from a GPP perspective. I don't think it's going to get as much love as it's projected right now. I think everybody's going to go to Philly and Dallas. How about you, Hilo? Yeah, I like that shout. Um, there are definite paths when you talk about any game that the the Ravens are involved in for the game to develop into a shootout. Um, yep. We know that they are one of the lowest pass rate over expectation teams. We know that they average the second fewest pass attempts per game this season. But we also know that like their new offensive coordinator has proven that they're able to and willing to open it up should they be forced to. So the game environment opening up actually comes through Seattle in this game because we've seen Shane Waldron. um, We've actually seen the Seattle Seahawks for the first time in like a decade game plan specifically to exploit their opposite, the the matchup that is their opposition is going to show them, which is huge in this spot because the, the Ravens have been so elite. What the Ravens are doing also is they're playing man coverage at a top 10 rate. I think they're ninth in man coverage rate. And we look at like what that means for the Seattle Seahawks. DK Metcalf has a 37.5% targets per route run rate against man coverage this season. We saw it last week uh, where he saw 14 targets. He only got five of them, but he is, he is the guy in this offense against man coverage. So again, like how are the Ravens going to approach this spot? You talked about, 
Seattle and, and some of the ambiguity there as far as defensive play calling. But there's also that in the Ravens as well. We've seen them go a little bit more man heavy um, in certain spots, and this could be one of those spots as well. So there's a lot of potential upside in this game. I think um, DK Metcalf, you, we, we, we alluded to the fact that there's not a lot of places to pay up this week. Um, DK Metcalf is sitting there with elite underlying metrics against man coverage. Um, and it's not like he turns into a pumpkin against zone. He's still seeing about 22% targets yeah. per route run rate against zone. So he can get there. Um, but on the flip side for the, for the Ravens, Odell, when Odell Beckham Jr. in this stage of his career is leading your team in targets per route run rate against man coverage, I think that kind of tells you everything you need to know about how this team is built to win through the air. And they're built to win. I mean, they look at Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. They have like sub elite, like around 80% snap rates on the season, but they're in a route at 100% of passing plays. So mm -hmm. when they're on the field and the team is passed or when their team is passing, they're on the field and they're running routes. So um, against a heavy zone coverage team like the Seattle Seahawks, who utilizes some Tampa two principles, who utilizes heavy rates of, of cover two and cover three. Um, these are the guys that are winning against those coverages against zone. Zay flowers, 22.6 targets per route run. Mark Andrews is up there as well. Um, and it's just a, an offense that like we know is going to rotate secondary wide receivers like OBJ, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Devin Duvernay, Rashad Bateman. These guys are all seeing like sub package snaps. We also have like Lamar Jackson, who came out and said this week, he was in a presser. He was like, hey, we need to do a better job of getting Rashad Bateman involved downfield. It's like, yes, <laughs> I agree. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I agree. Uh, so there's some there's some coach speak or some player speak that's going on as, uh, in the spot as well. I think Zay Flowers and Lamar ja or, uh, and Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson are kind of the, the anchor. I think you can in MME take shots on a guy like Rashad Bateman with the recent remarks from uh, Lamar Jackson. A um, little bit less likely also via the matchup for a guy in a downfield role to get going against like a more Tampa two cover two cover three type prevent style defense. But yeah, the upside is here for sure. I'm done. You're muted. Computer was you lagging. got one. Computer's, yes. Computer is lagging, man. I got. I finally got got by the. Uh, you got one. I feel the, so much better. Oh. Thing I was actually I was pulling a stack. <laughs> I was I was pulling a stat for uh, the two games from now. Well, two games we're going to break down later, but uh, yeah, I agree with you on the Lamar Jackson spot. I think you should. I think taking. A, I would rather take a shot on Bateman than Odell. Um, this doesn't feel 100%. like like even if they go man coverage, Odell hasn't looked great. Like yeah, he's is just age injuries, all the stuff in between. Um, he's obviously trusted, but Bateman is just feels like he's getting healthier. Um, he, he looks good when he gets on the field, when he does get these targets, Lamar obviously has found a love for Zay flowers. Everybody wants to complain about Zay flowers getting scheme touches. I don't care what touches they are as long as they get them. And Zay flowers to me looks the part of an agility based receiver, similar to what we've seen from like Antonio Brown and some of the other yeah. guys that became great later on. Um, we want to take away from a receiver that's his offensive coordinators scheming him touches. Yeah. What? <laughs> why, why would we want to do that? Like, I don't care that Zay Flowers does not get a ton of work down the field. I think that's there. I think if they want to do it, they can. 
I think that yeah. Zay Flowers dropped what? Uh, he dropped a 40 or 50 yard catch on the Steelers, just went right through his hand. Because yeah. again, the Steelers play the dark arts of magic. I don't know what they do. They just make everything. <laughs> they're just, they just do it every year. And I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick yeah. of watching them go nine and eight, 10 and seven. But every time you watch them, you're like, how is this team winning games? <laughs> like they beat the Ravens. They beat them. Yeah. <laughs> they, they they won a game where they didn't have yards in the fourth quarter and they were losing. Like how? Oh, that drives me crazy. That just that just doesn't make me. Uh, I I hate that. But moving on. Um, I love this game. I like the idea of getting the Lamar side because I don't think he's going to be a lot or heavy owned in the, this respective slate. And we're going to see a lot towards that Dallas Philly game, which we'll get to in a little bit. But as we move forward. Be sure to check out all the things we got going on over at the 33rdteam.com. We've got fantasy rankings. We've got football analysis. We've got quarterback rankings. We've got a lot of real football analysis over there. But Hilo, kick it to you for your next game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on CJ Stroud and uh, Texans. Texans are at home in this matchup. It's in a dome game. Tell me what you love here. Everything. Nice. I, know uh, you, I knew Baker starts, was going to be like the guy. Like you're just like Baker Mayfield, hundred percenting him in my MME. No, man. dude. You love him so much. I know it. Yeah, I'm just going to play Zach Wilson. I'm oh, you. Sick. I'm kidding. I'm. Kidding. He's on Monday I'm night. Kidding. You can't even I know. play him. Jesus. <laughs> oh, you. Sick. I got you, dude. You got me good. Uh, <laughs> no, I. Both of these defenses. I think it starts with the defenses. Both of these defenses pre uh, present a very clear pass funnel nature. Um, we have Vita Vea, who is coming back, uh, or likely. It looks like he, he practiced in full um, on Thursday, so we're waiting for the practice report there. But it looks like Vita Vea, uh, who is one of the better just pure run gap. He, he, cover, he covers He's so everything. much ground. He's, He's everything well, yeah, he uh, is against so the run. Ground, dude. <laughs> He's he all the ground. He is so much He's ground. <laughs> immovable force, yes, yes. Um, in the middle. So expecting him to get back. We have a Houston Texans team now. Damian Pierce is ruled out. They're going to be starting Devin Singletary. Um, we've kind of been, and I again, I, I I don't want to mention this too much, but I talked about this with with Rich Rebar um, just before jumping on here. So I want to give him his due credit uh, for bringing this up. But like we we have been lauding Bobby Slowick uh, for his. Ability to keep CJ Stroud out of long down and distance to go situations his ability to design this offense that is fluid and dynamic. Um, that was like the first month of the season, the past month of the season, the, the Houston Texans ranked dead last in first down pass play rate, which has led to because their run game sucks. Uh, their offensive line is atrocious. It has led to the highest rate of third down and long situations for cj stroud so that like simultaneously kind of puts a little bit of a poo-poo on uh bobby slowick but also like also like re-emphasizes how elite cj stroud has been to fight through those negative situations um now does that change with damian pierce out are they going to want to have high first down rush rates with devin singletary uh, I don't know. I hope not. Please, baby Jesus, Bobby Slowick, Jesus, uh, make it not so. I would love to see this team open things up again um, because we need it, <laughs> especially on this slate. We need it. We need this. We need optimism in our lives right now. Um, but 
I mean, Nico Collins and Tank Dell are both top 10 in the league in yards per route run against man coverage. They're both top 10 in the league in fantasy points per route run against man coverage. Nico Collins ranks 18th in fantasy points per route run against zone. Uh, Tank Dell ranks 25th in fantasy points per route run versus zone. These guys are both in the midst of true breakout seasons. And so we also have Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, who's also ruled out. Um, so everything in this spot, the matchup, the fact that they're missing Damian Pierce, the fact that Robert Woods is out, everything points to, on paper, a solid spot for Nico Collins and Tank Dell. And we look at the Bucks. The, oh, there's one more. But wait, there's more. The CJ Stroud is a top three quarterback in quarterback rating against the blitz this season, but against the blitz or against pressure. So against uh, blitzes that get home, he is ranked 33rd in passer grade by PFF in that situation. That's important in the spot because the Buccaneers are blitzing at 30% frequency but they're generating pressure only 18.8% of the time. That's a massive split in blitz rate versus pressure rate. So that's a good for a guy like Stroud, who is ranked 11th when kept clean in passer grade by PFF. So all of that aligns with CJ Stroud is set up well for the particular tendencies of the Buccaneers. We have their running back who is out, Vita Vea is coming back. Bobby Slowick has been bad at play calling, but now that could change. All of it kind of aligns right here for like CJ Stroud doubles, Nico Collins with CJ Stroud, Nico Collins naked, Tank Dell naked. There's a lot of options um, from the spot, I think, originating from Houston and the defensive tendencies. I don't think you need to force a bring back. I don't think you need to force a guy like Mike Evans um, a guy like Chris Godwin, maybe Rashad White, you could include him as a bring back in this spot. But I, my primary focus here is on the Houston Texans, um, and I think you can do it without forcing a bring back. I like the Stroud side a lot. Uh, last week, obviously, I loved it. This week, I definitely love it. Again, I think that you're right on the sense that um, CJ Stroud is someone, or Bobby Slowick has diminished a little bit as a play caller from his first month's success. I think he's gotten some of his offensive line back and he's kind of like, let's run the ball. Like I want to, I want to be like the 49ers and control the clock and run the ball and do this thing. And they, yeah. just, they don't have the running back to do it. But we'll say it's going to be really hard to not play the 4,300 Devin Singletary. I don't mind playing Singletary with Stroud and Nico Collins. Obviously Stroud ceiling is tied to Nico and Dell, but at 4,300, just in case that, you know, Stroud throws two touchdowns, 300 yards. Hopefully, maybe one of them gets to Devin Singletary at 4,300. He's not exactly uh, that, you know, he's not exactly take much to pay off that price tag. I think he's going to be extremely popular because that uh, sub 5K range is ugly this week and yeah. also makes for a better case for Zach Charbonnet at 4,300 as the direct pivot off of him. Just uh, throwing it out there. He's not going to get more touches, but doesn't matter if he gets more valuable touches. Um, but yeah, Tampa Bay's run defense with Vita Vea is so much better. And I do like Dell and, uh, Nico Collins to kind of get that going. And we've also seen multiple quarterbacks have over eight yards per attempt against the, uh, Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers defense. And the ones that weren't was Justin Fields in week two, I think it was. And then, um, 
Derek Carr with the AC joint sprain. Other than that, every other one over eight yards per attempt and killing them. I think three or four of them threw for over 300. I think Ritter almost had 300 yards or something crazy on like 25 attempts, which is even if they run the ball a lot, there's a chance that they still find success through the air with some of their guys. But yeah. Yeah. Tampa Bay side. I have no interest in Godwin in this one. Um, Mm -hmm. Just doesn't feel like, like he is Chris Scott. Like he's been a good receiver this year. I wouldn't consider him a great one. I think Mike Evans is like bigger path to like being, um, what you call it? What's the word I want to use? Being the explosive player here. Uh, I, yeah. I don't love uh, Godwin just because it. Houston's defense is very good. They run a very, very good scheme over there with D'Amico Ryan's. It's just the playing for him type of thing is is great. Um, I'll also say one thing about Tank Dell. He got a lot of rushing attempts against Carolina. Super strange. Yeah. Super. I didn't like that. <laughs> like watching it, I was like, yeah, it just doesn't feel like a good way to use your 175 pound receiver. You know, it just. Yeah. What are we what are we doing here? And again, it's nor here nor there, but Houston definitely this game has a potential to shoot out in a dome. It's perfect for that uh type of feel, but you do not have to run it back. Um, but moving forward to the next game, if it if you want to know what type of slate it is, just know that I chose with my heart the Washington Commanders versus the New England Patriots. This I'm with week. you. I'm <laughs> and with you. here's why. Washington just got rid of their best edge players. They were able to get somewhat good draft capital for it to prove that those yeah. guys are somewhat good. They have interior defense linemen. They do not have exterior defense linemen. They have been destroyed by the nine route this year. That's one route. One one particular route accounts for, uh, I believe, let me find the exact number because it's, Making it makes me laugh a little bit. 15% of the total targets that they've seen this or seen this year have been on that specific route. That is fourth in the NFL. The yards per attempt that they give up on it, 16. When people throw the nine route, it's 16 yards per attempt. The other defenses that have a similar rate of targets, seven yards per attempt, eight yards per attempt, six yards per attempt. AK, they are the worst team at defending the nine route. And now we have the Patriots team that's super confusing. Um, it it's very difficult to see like who's gonna get the nine route targets just because we do have Kendrick Bourne out for the year with the torn ACL. We do have Devontae Parker who's dealing with concussion protocol, and then the routes run have been all over the place in recent weeks just because of the fact that Tyquan Thorne and uh Kayshawn Booty have not been playing they've been healthy scratches um obviously demario douglas is the chalk that you alluded to earlier at four thousand. but for me tyquan thornton has ran 20 routes this season um 26 have been the routes that i'm looking for which is the deeper routes uh demario douglas is at a higher rate demario douglas is a totally fine play in this spot but the one thing that the Washington commanders have struggled with most is players who play out wide and run the nine, which brings in a player that is a complete bust in his, uh, where he got drafted and lay it on me, lay it on me heard this week. (laughs) I do not mind. (laughs) 
You said lock him in. That's what I heard. Jalen Rieger. Yep. Jalen Rieger with a straight face is a player that I like this weekend. Uh, I don't know. That's just the state of the slate. That's where we're at. <laughs> uh, 20% of his routes are nine routes right now. He plays out wide and he's going to probably play a ton of out wide snaps with no Devontae Parker. If Kashawn Booty is active, I prefer him over Rieger, but Rieger has been the guy with Booty on the team. Um, Patriots are a strange group right now, but it feels like somebody, somebody here, whether it's Juju, Demario Douglas, Kayshawn Booty, Tyquan Thornton, Jalen Rieger, one of these guys is going to catch a long ball. Like <laughs> I don't know who, but we're going to be taking swings, and it's going to allow us to pay up for the Lamar Jackson, for pay up for the Jalen Hurts, and get completely different from the field when doing so, as long as it's not Demario Douglas, who is projected to be the guy that takes over this deeper role um, for the commander side of things. The only player of interest to is John Dotson. It's uh, you have Curtis Samuel out. You have Jameson Crowder, who's going to be coming in and playing the slot. He could get the receptions to kind of be there. I don't want to play two 3k receivers from this game and trying to guess that if I play Jameson Crowder, I probably just one off of it to be honest, because I don't really love Ramondre in this matchup. Um, Ramondre might be, better than nothing but i feel like there's some of the other cheap running backs like chuba hubbard um and even devin singletary uh shaq charbonnet that are just cheaper and to me better plays um but we know bill belichick's gonna just take away terry mclaurin he couldn't take away tyree kill last week tyree kill just outran double coverage he's just like i'm just gonna run by you guys Terry McLaurin cannot do that. Sam Howell is not built in an offense to do that. Sam Howell played extremely well this past weekend. I have no idea what happens when they play the Eagles. They should do whatever they do during that week, every week. Do that. They like protected him. Like he wasn't really hit this past week. And as a result, he just like kept throwing dimes. Patriots will be a little bit different of a matchup. I think Bill is still one of the top defensive coordinators, defensive play callers in football. And he's just going to be sending the Howell or getting to Howell and doubling Terry McLaurin. And it's going to have to be Jahan Dotson or Jameson Grouder to get any production. But I'm not exactly loving that spot. Do you have any interest in uh, this game at all? Yeah, I think so. Um, like you mentioned with New England, like where do we go for the pass catchers? Devontae Parker picked up a concussion in week eight. He's probably not going to play if we look at recent NFL trends. Um, that leaves with Kendrick Bourne out, Juju Smith-Schuster, Demario Douglas, Jalen Ragor, maybe Tyquan Thornton, maybe Keishon Butte. I don't know. Like, where? what do they do? <laughs> like, yeah. What do they do? Um, but as you mentioned, like, we want to be targeting the downfield stuff. I think Demario Douglas is... He's probably going to have, I, again, I haven't looked at ownership when we record this, but he's probably going to have some ownership. I, I'm yes. okay right now. <laughs> Uh, playing into that because I think you can differentiate elsewhere. But I like the Jalen Rager call. Um, I think a guy like Tyquan Thornton might be, you see some snaps. I don't know. Uh, on the other well, side, you mentioned. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I, I was pulled up. I sorted it incorrectly earlier. Yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster's third on the team in target share on nine routes this year. Interesting. And we know he's played out wide more recently. Uh, mm -hmm. He's not necessarily the slot guy. Obviously, we know his knee is not exactly good. Second week off of injury. But he played last week. 
<laughs> so he caught a touchdown. Yeah, he, he, he had a touchdown. He's third on the team in target share on nine routes behind Bourne and Devontae Parker. He has more targets on nine routes this year than Demario Douglas and obviously some all the other guys I mentioned. Because like I said, Booty has four targets on the year. Tyquan Thorne yeah. has three targets. Rieger has three targets. So, I mean, a 3,100 Juju is probably the actual play as a pivot. I'm going to correct myself. I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. Hopefully, you didn't stop listening to earlier. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Juju over Demario Douglas because just so you're aware, the sites that I use for uh, ownership projections are Stochastic and ETR, just to be transparent. It looks like they're giving him between 20 to 30% right now. And Juju is yeah. not played as of this morning <laughs> so give me juju smith say it dude say it juju smith schuster he's gonna take talk dances way into the end zone all right that's there what we go do. but continue yeah. on the on the other side i think jameson crowder is highly interesting we just had um we just had what's curtis samuel rolled out curtis samuel curtis samuel's rolled out thank you um and curtis samuel is has i've noted previously is kind of the schemed usage guy for Eric Bieniemy. We know, like dating back to Eric Bieniemy's time in in Kansas City, that he likes to utilize a scheme usage role. Looking at last year, that was McCall Hardman to start the season. He had all those touchdowns, um, and then it became Jarek McKinnon, and he had all those touchdowns. So um, I think that role is valuable. And we saw Jamison Crowder put up seven for ninety-five and one um, on seven targets last weekend. Yes, like this is a different spot. We're not going to have the same pace of play. Um, but if we think about like what Bill Belichick is likely to take away here, it's likely going to be Terry McLaurin. Um, we're probably going to see um, heavy man coverage out of this uh, unit. Jahan Dotson can beat that. Actually, I want to check. Um, I want to check their splits in man real quick while we're talking. But um, that should open up some stuff underneath uh, for Jamison Crowder, who is likely to take on um, a schemed usage type role. Um, yeah, we look at this team's target rates against man coverage. Terry McLaurin, 22.7% targets per route run, sub-elite. Jahan Dotson, 10.4% targets per route run against man. So these are trends that are noticeable. And that's noticeable because the Patriots are in man coverage at a 30% clip. So, um, I mean, J Jameson Crowder has four routes run, but he's seen a target on two of them against man coverage. We look at Curtis Samuel um, against uh, man coverage. He was kind of the secondary option. He had a 19.4% targets per route run rate in this offense. And that was only behind uh, Terry McLaurin at 22.7%. So to me, this kind of tilts a lot of target expectation towards the short intermediate um, yeah. with the pressure that we're expecting. So I think Jamison Crowder is a very, very interesting option, direct leverage off of Demario Douglas at a cheaper price, kind of what we're talking about. So to me, if I'm going to a cheaper option, as opposed to going to a new England kind of more guessing game, um, I'll go with probably Jamison Crowder in this spot. Yeah. I don't mind that. I, I think for me, I guess where we're at is Juju or Crowder. Um, yeah, I don't really want to play Demario Douglas. I, I know what he's been this year. I know that he has been solid. I know he's at a 4K price tag. But, again, Juju down the field. Jameson Crowder, short, intermediate. Jameson yeah. Crowder seems like such a safer play. So, 
I'll, I'll I'll lean your way on that, but I do believe that Juju can get a deep ball. All right. I believe I don't know if it's gonna be a good one. I don't know if it's gonna be accurate. I don't know if he's gonna have a chance to catch it, but I do know deep ball. And that is if you want to play the Patriot side and you want to play a Patriots receiver, go Juju. If you want to pivot off of both, go Jameson Crowder. I think that's the way you sum it up. Yep. True. True. Okay. Moving forward, instead of that sad game, let's talk about the game of the week. The one with the over under, the one that's gonna get the most exposure. Dallas Cowboys traveling to Philly. Uh, take on the Eagles, um, starting from Dallas's defense. They love man. They play man against Jalen Hurts. They do not care. They will play man. They will most likely go with some delayed blitzes from Michael Parsons. Um, they used him as that chess piece last year, and they were probably going to be able to do that this year. And the one thing I'll note about the Cowboys is they've used a little bit of cover for the last two weeks. Um, granted, the Chargers... Uh, little different of a team and obviously the Rams they are blowing them out so it's like how much did they really want to use of that just probably the product of what was going on AJ Brown against cover one too late on us 56 percent target share with a 6.5 yards per route run that doesn't make sense that doesn't in my head I can't comprehend at this point in the year it's it's been him and if it's not him it's devonta smith who is a 24 percent target here against cover one which has been phenomenal like that's a good number to hit um yeah if you're playing jalen hurts you double him with aj brown and devonta smith you don't think about it you don't want to go to julio you don't want to go to old Mead zacchaeus you just play those two with him and you hope that he shoots out just like Menchu did when they played in dallas last time um but i will say Dallas is going to be the first team against the Eagles that truly have the bodies. Um, the Dolphins didn't have it with Eli Apple and Cater Kohu. The Commanders don't have it with a 160-pound corner and uh, doesn't doesn't really matter. Kendall Fuller. Cowboys with Gilmore. Gilmore actually gave A.J. Brown a little bit of problems last year when he was in Indy. That was a game that was really bad for the Eagles. Is one of those what-are-we-doing-here moments. Um, yeah. And it was, I think, Jeff Fatteray's first or second uh, head coaching game and Sirianni was yelling at the sidelines. This one's for yeah. Frank. This one's for Frank. Um, but overall on the flip side of things, Philly, another cover one team. They've used a lot of that this year. CD lamb is their massive target share there. CD lamb is a guy that can beat uh, Bradbury and Darius Slay. It's going to take talent on talent. It's going to be about whether the Cowboys offense line can protect. Cause I'll say one thing about that Rams game. Dak had three sacks in the first drive. Yeah. That was a strange, strange, like, Cowboys blew him out, but Dak was under pressure pretty much the whole game uh, from what I, well, for most of the game that I had really locked into. Um, and obviously, I was watching a lot of the Stroud stuff. But overall, I think from this game, both teams are playable. I, I think they're too popular, but I think that, well, they would be too popular on a normal slate. They're the correct approach with the slate that we have on our hands um but if this was a bigger slate this would be a spot that i would not be getting to if this was this popular how do you feel about the cowboys uh eagles game there's one interesting dynamic of this game that i think uh is worth trying to work through and that is how much cover one do we expect from dallas 
Thousands because when you look at their game last year where they played, they and they only played Jalen Hurts once because he missed the other meeting. Yeah. Um, they reduced their cover one, their man rates, because they had to pay attention to the mobility factor of Jalen Hurts. But we have Jalen Hurts, who is coming off of two games where he was hurt right now. We saw his mobility be affected in each of the last two games. I mean, in against Miami, he had the 11 uh, carries, but only 21 yards. He did find the end zone. Last week, he only had four carries for six yards. And was that a factor of um, Washington playing more of zone coverage against him? I don't know. But, like, no, he, didn't he was good. not – yeah, he, he doesn't look fully there, right? So if that's the case now – would the Cowboys be more inclined to play more cover one because they don't need to protect against like, like say, say we get like the first half of the first quarter under our belt. We see a driver or two drives from Jalen hurts and he's not looking mobile. I can almost guarantee that Dan Quinn's going to be like, all right, well, that's it, man. We're, we're not going to, we're, we're going to get rid of the spy and we're going to go cover one at a heavier rate. Yeah. So I think that is, it's an interesting because, it's an inter interesting like discussion and, and talking points to get through because it could influence how these teams approach this game. Um, and if that's the case, I'm going to ask you, I don't, I don't normally ask you ownership projections, but if you haven't pulled okay. up still, what is the ownership projection of Jalen hurts? 20%. Oh, Jiminy. I thought it was going to be way lower. No, um, the slate again, the slate is where it's at. That's why it's like, like yeah, Dak is so. If I had to say who are the top three quarterbacks based on again, this is Thursday. Um, I also think he's going to be even higher because of Devin Singletary. Like, yeah, we have Devin Singletary, we have Chuba, we have a lot of running backs that we see playing or going to project to play 70% of the snaps, 5k or lower. And yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to be the second. I think he might be, I think he's going to be the most owned, more like talking through it. like I you're gonna play Jalen Hurts at 8K or Lamar at 82. And I know that's a 200 difference, and we can factor in the receivers and stuff, but we have a 4K to Mario Douglas. We have a 4300 Devin Singletary. A lot of the builds are gonna be those two plus Jalen Hurts and DK or AJ Brown. It's probably not gonna be a lot of Hurts doubles today. Yeah, weird. I mean, there never really is, I feel like. I feel like Hertz doesn't get doubled. That's what I was going to say. That's why I wanted to know his expected ownership, um, because I think that you can get a little interesting. You can go something like Jalen Hurts plus. Um, it, it takes the value to do so, but like Jalen Hurts plus A.J. Brown plus CeeDee Lamb plus uh, like Dallas Goddard. Uh, mm -hmm. You have about 4K left over per player, but you can save some of that tight end or at defense. Yeah. Um, and there's some... As you mentioned, there's some value at running back to Mario Douglas, a wide receiver. You can overstack this game, I think, in ways that the field is not going to do. I don't know if it's necessarily needed, but I think as an MME player, you'll probably want some exposure to overstacking this game in ways that are not being utilized by the field. You're probably going to see a lot of Jalen Hurts singles. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jalen Hurts is projected to be the most still. Uh, yeah. Just, I was just checking like updated stuff. I also, did Daniel Jones back? I think he's still questionable. Last I saw. Okay, because that's there's two, I know Deshaun Watson's playing, which is a game we didn't talk about, but I I can't play him, but it makes the game better. Uh, I think. 
don't know. Uh, yeah. And then Daniel Jones at 5,600 is makes everything better for the Raider for the Giants. Uh, just because I don't want to see Danny DeVito out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I, did you see their stat line? Yeah. Did you see their box score? Yeah. I, I didn't for a little bit. <laughs> I checked on Sunday. I was like, huh. I was like, dang, Saquon balled. Go to their box score. <laughs> what? Dear Lord. <laughs> we had we had negative yards for attempts. <laughs> yeah. Solid. They were, they were neg- negative yards for attempt. But anywho, the continue talking about this game. Any love for Swift or uh Tony Pollard as get different pieces to this one? Um Tony Pollard, no. Swift, yes. Um, I'm just Tony like, Pollard, just inside guy sucks. Yeah, I'm just not gonna play him. I'm just let the field make that mistake. If he burns me, he burns me. If I die, I die. I mean, dude, Jonathan Taylor, sixty four hundred. Technically yeah. the same, same 400 less for the same projected ownership. So mm-hmm. it's nothing crazy. Um, but yeah, that's all I swift. I'm fine with, I'm not really trying to get him. He's good. He's just been good all year. Um, they Cowboys have gotten demolished in the run game. Like I think a swift lamb mini is appropriate. If you don't want to play the Philly, the like Jalen hurt side of things, if you're going to Lamar, I think that's the way I play that. Um, guess Swift obviously takes away from Mr. Jalen Hurts. Hopefully you don't get some tush pushy um, hmm. and you continue on. But let's let's give to the uh, go to the end of the show where we give our free favorite value and then our f- favorite slate breaker. Hilo kicking it to you. Who is your favorite value on slate? Oh, so I didn't prepare this ahead of time. So I'm going to shoot Good. from the hip here. Good. Um, I, love, I love when you shoot from the hip. Even I think you we're know, you know this we do this every week. I know, I know, I know. It's <laughs> been it's been it's been a week, man. It has been yeah, it has been tough. I'm gonna go honestly. I'm gonna go with Jamison Crowder. I think Demario Douglas is too Good. easy. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jamison nope. Crowder. Um, in that and plus the the leverage that is gained off of Demario Douglas there, I think he's super super interesting. I'm going Chuba Hubbard. Um, Panderson here as a you know, take it for what you want. I, I don't usually <laughs> talk highly of my players except for Adam Thielen this offseason. So you can go check that one out if you want to see me talk up Adam Thielen as he's the top 12 receiver in fantasy production. Don't gotta go that route. Uh Chuba Hubbard, he's the guy in this offense. He's a full-time running back at the 5k price tag on DraftKings against the Colts defense. That is just not very good, in my opinion. Um, I also think that Thomas Brown wants to continue to build off of Bryce Young's success. And the way that he does that is by establishing the ground game. Uh, the Texans run defense was aggressive and out there. I don't think we're seeing that from the Colts because you also have guys like Shaq Leonard supposedly not happy with the role that he is on this defense. And they're just, they're an interesting bunch where they give up big plays to running backs and Chuba Hubbard is someone that can get, create that big play. And Miles Sanders seems to have been benched uh, as we alluded to earlier, running the wrong routes and stuff like that. It's been a, it's been frustrating to watch him. Um, but Chuba Hubbard has been good. And for some reason he is less popular than Ramondre Stevenson, who is 400 more, but also I'll add Christian Watson as one of my favorite values. Uh, Deep ball. That's that's all he's got. That's all that matters. Rams, if you think about the touchdowns they've given up, sideline deep balls. And that's where I'm hoping Christian Watson gets his love. Um, Romeo Dubs has been the guy on those, but Christian Watson is just the more explosive player. Uh, just about if Matt LaFleur actually wants to create that type of offense and if Mr. Jordan Love is not afraid to throw it because he seems to be timid in this one. But go to your favorite slate breaker, Hilo. Who, who do you got there? Uh, 
Again, let me think. I, I want to say AJ Brown, but I'm not going to go there. I'm actually going to go to um, we're going to go to Mr. Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Yep, we're going to go Mr. Jonathan Taylor. Um, the spot is just that good that I I think even if this kind of is multifaceted. The spot is so good that even if he doesn't see a 70% snap share, he can return a one of the top scores, raw fantasy point scores on the week at the running back position. But you also have the additional out that he could see an increase in utilization. That makes a lot of sense. I am going to Saquon Barkley. Um, didn't ever think I was going to say uh, that coming into <laughs> the week. But when you look at the past two matchups for the Raiders, I know they fired their coach. They're going to be extra motivated, all that, yada, yada. Um, Jameer Gibbs absolutely gashed him. Mill also did it. Deontay Foreman. Um, it seems like yeah. the, the run defense, the run fits just aren't there for uh, this team. What did Saquon do last week? Well, he got 33 carries, I think, against the Jets. I know Daniel Jones may play, may not play. I think Daniel Jones helps Saquon be even better because guess what? Daniel Jones is coming off of a neck injury. <laughs> I hope they're not designing runs for their quarterback coming off of neck injury, and Saquon Barkley will be that. Alvin Kamara obviously is another guy that could smash the slate against the Chicago Bears playing at home in a dome and all things going on there. But I think Chris Olave is very intriguing in that one, but it seems like the field is trying to get to him as well. Ilo, do you have any other thoughts before we close out the show? No, nah, man crushed it. Nice. Let's get going. Hopefully you guys take this advice. Hopefully you check out both of our articles that will be coming out tomorrow. And then our top plays, which is a co collaboration between me, Hilo, Josh Larkey and Ryan Reynolds. Check out the player prop happy hour show. Check out everything we've got going on over at the 33rd team. See you guys next week.